Elliot, you know, while everybody else was out at New Year's Eve parties or maybe watching the Sugar Bowl, I was at home sitting on my couch watching the Twilight Zone marathon, and and I learned a very valuable lesson. That you should like never sit in a window seat on a plane. Make sure you have an extra set of reading glasses. Or oh wait, never accept a dinner invitation by aliens. Uh, yeah, those are all definitely very good ones, but. Uh... Also, it never pays to be friendly with your neighbors. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Serrano. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. I'd just like to say, get a life. It's a kid! Geek Counter Geek number 108. I'm Keith Conrad at Keith R. Conrad on Twitter. Joined as always by Elliot Serrano at Elliot Serrano on Twitter. Follow the show at Geek Counter Geek, Facebook.com slash Geek Counter Geek. Uh, Elliot, uh, there's some breaking news that uh, I just learned about. Hulu is bringing back uh, Animaniacs for two seasons. Ah, yeah, I saw that. Um <clears throat> Considering how much uh, work uh, the voice actors for Pinky and the Brain have been getting uh, just doing the convention circuit and swearing, <laughs> I'm sure they'd like uh, being uh, back on the air again. Yeah, and you know, since this is actually going to be on the internet on Hulu, uh, maybe they could actually swear on the show. You know, it's uh, we're, we're going to have an R-rated uh, Star Trek potentially with Quentin Tarantino. So uh, you know, why not have uh, Yakko Wacko and Dot swearing up a storm? Well, I'd like to hear um, uh, uh, Wacko's swears around the world, you know, because he knows all the different the different countries. Oh, that would be do. a great update to that. You know, so just Wait. come up with all the profanities, profanities from around the world. Make that into a nice little song. Uh, that 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 would be popular. United States, Canada, Mexico, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic Dominican. Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, too. At Dragon Con, Rob Paulson was talking about, you know, just how much went into making Animaniacs because, um, you know, you had not only the voice actors and the anima- animators and everything, but you also had, like, an orchestra to, to do every single episode. Like, they weren't using stock music. They were actually composing music for each individual episode. And uh, so, I mean, that, that's, that's a pretty big commitment on Hulu's part, I'd say. No, and, and when you consider that Animaniacs predated the return of the Looney Tunes, um, you, you had, I think, uh, when Animaniacs was going, you had like a baby Looney Tunes type show, baby tunes, I forget what it was called. Uh, Tiny Toon uh, Adventures. Yeah. Tiny Toon Adventures, yes, that's what it was. And, um, and you know, you weren't getting the regular Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, you know, Marvin the Martian stuff uh, that Warner Brothers wouldn't bring it back until later. Um, I can't remember if Space Jam came out before or after Animaniacs. I think it was at about the same time. 
Yeah. At the same time, right? Because Space Jam would have been, you know, okay, so it's it's probably it's it's after Michael Jordan comes back. So right. you're talking. I, I don't think it was before he retired. Jeez, I have the internet right here. I can I can tell. I want exactly, I want to exactly think he did. Yeah, I think he did Space Jam during his retirement, and then and then it, it was back. it was '96 because the very last okay. scene of Space Jam is his is him uh, coming back with the uh, 45. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That is yeah, correct. Yeah, it, it was '96, so that would have been about right. Um, yeah, that would have been about the time Animaniacs came. Uh, came and they, um, and that's when they were proclaiming the return of Bugs Bunny to the big screen because they hadn't seen Bugs Bunny on the big screen for a while. And but now, I mean, now it's kind of old. Now you have a whole bunch of Bugs Bunny cartoons, all these things that are Warner Brothers cranking out along with Justice League and and all their other animated properties, and uh, Animaniacs fell on the, on the wayside. Yeah. So consider, you know, considering that Animaniacs kind of kept the spirit of uh, Warner Animation going for a while, you know, it's I think it's apropos. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so many things are, are coming back, you know, like... Uh, the X-Files, we'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, you know, uh, Sci-Fi just got the rights to Futurama. They stole them away from uh, Comedy Central. I, I was thinking today, there, I wouldn't be surprised if there ends up being, um, you know, I don't think Futurama will come back, you know, as like a, a full series. But I could see them either doing like a limited number of episodes the way the X-Files has, or actually just doing a movie again and seeing how that works out and i and i think that would do really well for them oh yeah i mean um i didn't you know the, the futurama folks keep saying no we have an end we're working towards an end working towards an end and boom it's not and just keeps going and going so i don't know i, I i'll be honest i've never i've never seen the fascination of futurama that you they'd have like say the simpsons oh, i am shocked um, Shocked. Now, I'll admit it. <clears throat> I mean, you know, uh, but yes, I know Futurama has a very loyal following. I think the Rick and Morty folks are going to start snatching them up. Yeah, that could very well be. I mean, they're sort of, uh, you know, I, I could see them have there, there being a lot of crossover between uh, between the two audiences. And uh, Matt Groening is actually, I think, with uh, David X. Cohen is actually working on a show for Netflix where it's it's going to be. Um, you know, instead of being in the future or the present day as the Simpsons are, uh, it's going to be uh, in like medieval times, oh, sort, sort of a sort of a Dungeons and Dragons sort of thing. So you know, if nothing else, you know, I, I would bet they're going to use a lot of the same voice actors. They'll get together and say, "Hey, this is fun. Let's let's do uh, let's do a Futurama thing." So that's my yeah. prediction. I'll bet there's a Futurama movie in the in the not too distant future, and it's going to be on Sci-Fi. <laughs> And Elliot won't care. <laughs> I probably won't. Unless they do like a Futurama Sharknado crossover. That would be cool. Oh, that would actually be kind of cool. I, I could see like uh, Zap Brannigan uh, in the middle of Sharknado. I think I think that could work. Yeah, like Sharknado in the future. Yeah, because uh, Mark Cuban can't be in the next one because he's, he's going to actually be president. Um, so, uh, mm. you know. That they'll need they'll need to get in some new some new characters. Well, you can always have Mark Cuban's head. Isn't that the thing about Futurama? Everyone lives forever, but only in, in a disembodied head type, you know, in a jar. 
Uh, you know, I, I will say that that's uh, always bothered me about Futurama because it's one thing to use people who are like alive now and, and reference them and say, hey, you know, when they when they die in the future, they're going to, you know, save their head and put it in a jar. The, the thing that always bothered me, though, was uh, like Richard Nixon. You know, how did what? How do you bring his head back to life? You know, would, would it be a little deteriorated by that point? Well, when did when did Walt Disney's head get frozen? When was Ted Williams' head frozen? I mean, you know. Well, I don't I don't I'm know get- what kind of shape uh, uh, Ted uh, Walt Disney's head is is in, but you know, Ted Williams they 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 kept that out in the shop for a while, and that that one's in pretty rough shape. <laughs> it's like the pickle jar. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that he's he's definitely not coming back. No. There, there yeah. may be, you know, at, at some point the the new uh, the new steroid uh, debate may be: Can you have Ted Williams clone on your team? Um, that may happen, but uh, I, I don't think he's going to be coming back to life. How did we get on Ted Williams being frozen? Well, you know, well again, we're looking for new characters for Futurama. Yeah, so. that, that's yeah. right. Um, you know, it's interesting they never uh, snuck him into an episode and said, you know, re- re- reference that. But, oh, oh, well. Hey, maybe that'll that'll happen in this new movie that I, I've decided is definitely going to happen. Well, when they're lifting all these ideas that they did on uh, Simpsons and recycling them on Futurama, they can do an homage to the Homer at the Bad episode, and then you can do the whole clone of Ted Williams. And, I mean, really, they need to get me in that writer's room. Oh, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> now, um, speaking of, uh, of shows coming back, the X-Files uh, debuted this week. And, um, you, know, you know me, I, I say uh, I, I'd rather have a series uh, that's short and, uh, you know, the writers know exactly what, what story they're telling and, um, you know, tell that story finish it and then move on to something else as opposed to, you know, continually, uh, you know, extending it and, uh, you know, just kind of milking the franchise for all it's worth. I, I kind of get the feeling that's where the X-Files is headed because it seems like now we've got twists on top of twists just for the sake of having twists. And you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe I'll change my mind by the time the, the, uh, this run is over, but uh, I, I'm not liking it so, so far. Well, I have two questions about the season premiere, which I I haven't seen yet. I'm, I'll, I'll see it soon, but um, maybe if you can keep it spoilerish. I mean, there's one question that you're not going to go to avoid spoilers. But um, the first is, you know, last season, people at the, at the end of the X Files said, "Oh my God, it sucks! How could they do this? The X Files sucks." Did they did, did, do people suddenly again with the premiere of this new uh, season go, oh, X-Files is great again? That's my first question. Second question, Jesus, how much Botox has David Duchovny had? Uh, you know, I actually, uh, funny you should say that, um, because may, maybe when they filmed this season, he stopped the Botox because I was thinking, wow, he looks like he's aged about 10 years since the last season. <laughs> There's one still I kept seeing of him lying in bed with Agent Scully, and I'm, the dude, he looked like um, he was, a, it was like someone did a, a Madame Tussaud, you know, replica of him, and that's what was in bed, you know, with Gillian uh, with, uh, Anderson. <laughs> who, who, <laughs> by, who, by the way, literally, it, it's funny to look at the two of them, because she has not aged, 
and and he looks like he's about forty years older. Oh yeah, no, he's he's that's some hard, that Californication. That was some hard hard miles there. I, apparently miles. so, yeah. Um, no. So uh, you know, we'll you know check back with me in what about uh, six weeks when when this run of the X Files is over. Uh, you know, maybe by by that point, uh, I'll feel differently. Maybe you'll have seen it, and, and you'll uh, you'll have a, a a different hot take than me. Um, but uh, yeah, kind of kind of overstaying their welcome a little bit. See the thing <clears throat> again. There was this, it was all over. It started up ramping up all over again. People talking about oh great, the X Files is back. It's wonderful. We've always loved you. And and then everyone will forget <clears throat> that that the last time X Files came through, the same thing happened. Every time we have this, you know, this kind of this love hate relationship with the show. You know, the the last movie didn't do that well. People hated the last movie. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that was that, that, there wasn't any uh, any debate on that one. Everybody mm-hmm. hated that movie. Right, and then the last series was was six episodes, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I think was that's this... what they're doing this time too. I and I think we only liked half of those. I mean, uh, yeah, a half seems about right. And then there was a twist at the end, and everyone was pissed because they thought, "Well, that's the end of the season or the end of the X Files, and that's the way they're going to leave it." When we all knew they were going to come back anyway, so now you know we're started again. And again, I have not seen the episode. I will say that <clears throat> I've just been watching the chitter on ch- chitter and chatter on social media, where people are saying exactly what you said: twists and turns that make no sense. It's like all convoluted, and why are they even doing this? Yeah, I, I think that um, you know w- one of the things that uh, really drove people nuts with um, uh, the the last you know set of episodes was the fact that, you know, we were told, you know, in, in the run-up to, to this thing uh, coming out, we were told that these were, you know, like six standalone episodes. And they, you know, like like uh, Duchovny and, and Jillian Anderson, they were like, oh, yeah, you know, that's why we wanted to do it, because it's, you know, it's a self-contained thing, and, and you know, we'll do it. Hopefully people will like it. You know, maybe maybe there's more in the future, but, you know, at least we could just, you know, like revisit this thing for, for six episodes and... And then uh, everybody can can move on for a while, and then they had a giant cliffhanger at the end. Like I, you can't do that. Well, again, I'm like I, I I was like, why aren't they just doing like a made for TV X Files movie? That, that would be a know. better idea. You know, so but uh, I guess that it makes I mean, when you do six episodes it gives you a little more breathing room as far as story wise and then you have that nice little blu-ray set you could issue later yeah well well i think uh you know like like i said the problem the problem was everybody kept watching the last episode waiting for them to be so, for there to be some sort of rev you know resolution to the whole story because we were told this is it you know, it wasn't like Fox announced, oh, yeah, we're doing more episodes in two years. Um, you know, at the time, everybody thought that was it. And then suddenly they hit us with a big cliffhanger. And it's like, um, do, do we know we're ever going to actually get a resolution to this? And so I think that really uh, tainted everybody's view of the uh, the other episodes. And, you know, to, to your point, you know, um, you know, you said 
everybody was like, yay, the X-Files are back, sort of forgetting that they hated the episodes. And I think that's why, <laughs> is because, you know, they, they felt like they were going to get some resolution. And, uh, you know, without any spoilers, they, they just threw in a couple more wrenches, you know, <laughs> into the works. That's all they did in the, in the first episode anyway. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not mad enough that I'm not going to watch the remaining episodes. I still am. Because, well, you know, as, you, as you've pointed out, I'm part of the problem. I will still go watch it. You're the enabler. Yeah. Um, the, the, the not surprise in this is that Jillian Anderson has announced yet again that she's done with X-Files at this point. Yes, no. which, which she's getting to be the Brett Favre of, of uh, TV. <laughs> just, just keeps coming back. You know, or, or who knows? Maybe um, the reason she's saying that is because she's she's expecting to come back on uh, on Hannibal since Brian Fuller has no job right now. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah, I hadn't uh, I hadn't thought about that. Um, I was still holding out hope he'd be on season two of Inter- of uh, Star Trek Discovery, but uh, um, you know that that can happen too. Uh, speaking of which, I believe uh, the the back half of the season of Star Trek Discovery starts Sunday. It, yeah, it's supposed to be. Yeah, when we when we record this, I do believe yes, it will be this coming Sunday. That's uh, you know that was actually a quick uh, quick hiatus. I, I mean, I know it was just supposed to be for Christmas and such, but that was you know it seemed a lot longer when they started. I was like, oh, I gotta gotta wait so long for this, and here we are. We're already here. <laughs> well, I, I I kind of forgot how the last season. Oh, that's right. They're out in the middle of. They don't know where, and we're guessing that they're in the mirror universe right now. I heard an interesting theory uh, on that. You know, not to get on, on too many tangents here, um, but I I heard an interesting theory that um, they were in the mirror universe, and now they're coming into like the more traditional Star Trek universe. Oh. Oh, that would be or not necessarily not necessarily the the mirror universe because they're not you know part of the you know the Terran Empire or anything like that but that they're they're actually not from the original series universe they're from a another like a know, parallel universe another parallel universe in that either they'll be going to the mirror universe or they'll be going to the the prime Star Trek universe I, I don't I don't know about that. That could happen. I, you know, can't say, can't say no at this point, but. So in other words, the people who are doing PR for Star Trek, should that be true? They've lied to us the whole time. Yes. But, you know. Which is, you know what? The, so I'm, I'm guessing what Sean Spicer has been working for Star Trek PR. Yeah. And well, he's just mad that they, they had uh, dipping dots on, on the set. The dots. Yeah. It's, it's ice cream of the future. So, uh, so next week we'll probably have uh, a little something to say about Star Trek Discovery, and when you listen to that episode, uh, you'll definitely want to be listening uh, with headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio. You know. Oh yeah, because the, you go to tweakedaudio.com and check out their. Um, well, you got your headphones. You got your earbuds. <clears throat> You got your DJ style ear cans, uh, different styles and accessories, different colors, different price points. 
but you go to tweakedaudio.com, check out their uh, product line, and if you enter the code GCG at checkout, you will get 33% off and free worldwide shipping. So no matter where you are, whether you are in Guam, whether you are in um, 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 Dubai, New Zealand, North Korea, North, especially North Korea, where they have, let's tell you, Tweaked Audio has better headsets than they do in North Korea. They're better, they're bigger, and they work. Uh, yes, yes, they do. <coughs> and of course, uh, when you get your uh, headphones Tweaked Audio, you want to listen to some of the other uh, uh, shows on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including Caffeinated Comics. Um, have you been on there uh, in, the, in the last couple of weeks? I was there for their Star Wars, uh, the Last Jedi roundtable. Um, you know, it was kind of like I had processed how I felt about it when we talked about it on our podcast, and then went on John's podcast, and um, kind of threw in my two cents here and there. Um, it was it was fun. Excellent. So you definitely. I don't think that's the most recent episode. I think they've done uh, at least one since then. But uh, you'll definitely want to check that out, along with uh, Dan McNeil Unscripted, uh, The Winemakers, uh, Dishing Bitches, and, uh, and of course, uh, my little uh, pet project, The Fake News Fairy Tale. Um, by the time you hear this episode, the next one will probably be up, and that one was actually inspired by the Twilight Zone Marathon. So um, I, I think you'll be entertained by it. Ooh, a fairy tale inspired by other fairy tales. That should be fun. Exactly, yes. So, um, you, uh, you had said something on Twitter about, you know, not, not, to, not to spend too much time on, on The Last Jedi, but uh, you had said something that uh, I wanted to respond to, and I wanted to pull up the tweet so I could get your exact words here, but uh, uh, I, can't, uh, I can't find it offhand. Um, but but you were talking about um, about uh, Poe Dameron. And, yes, uh, you, you had said he's uh, you know he's portrayed as a as a hothead. Right. And, um, he, he's well, cer- you have- he's certainly impulsive. I will say that. Well, you know, there was a lot of talk about when when they cast um, the new you know the the cat you know the new. Uh, Trinity, so to speak, for this new trilogy. Um, in um, in the classic, you know, in the prequel trilogy, it was you um, um, McGregor, uh, <clears throat> Hayden Christensen, and Natalie Portman. You know, Obi Wan, Anakin, and Padme. In the classic trilogy, it was uh, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford. Um, you know, Luke Skywalker, <clears throat> uh, Princess Leia, and Han. And then in the sequel trilogy, you had uh, Daisy Ridley, um, John Boyega, and Oscar Isaac. You know, Ray, Finn, and Poe. And when they were casting, you know, Ray, Finn, and Poe, a lot of folks were saying, well, look at that. Look at the diversity of this cast. You have a woman, again, um, who ends up being the protagonist of the film as opposed to being the backup character. You have a person of color, a black man as a as a as a hero, a stormtrooper. <clears throat> Remember how that was all controversial, right? A black stormtrooper. Whoa. And then you had Oscar. 
Right, you had Oscar Isaac as the best pilot in the fleet, of the Resistance fleet. And let's face it, you know, Oscar Isaac, he's a Hispanic man, a Latin man. I mean, he's of, you know, Latin origin. So very diverse, you know, characters there. And I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, the, the, the best pilot in the Resistance was a, you know, a Hispanic man. Kind of neat, right? You know? Until, of course, in The Last Jedi... He is pretty much the hot-headed, doesn't follow orders, you know, and on top of that, just gets everyone killed. Yeah. Well, the only the only yeah. Latin man in Star Wars gets everyone killed. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the other Latin guy, uh, Benicio Del Toro, is a traitor and also gets people killed. So, you know, that's uh, just my observation. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're definitely, you know, right about, about that being his character, but, you know, I, I would make the same observation, um, that I made, uh, when people were, <laughs> were all upset about, uh, about a black stormtrooper, um, the actor is, is Hispanic. The character isn't because the characters, you know, from a galaxy far, far away, so like you know they don't they don't have the same uh you know ethnicity so um you know his character is isn't actually necessarily anything although he came although, from the uh, planet hispaniola <laughs> yeah, yes. if they if they say that then, then, then yeah you're right um yeah so so that, that that's the first thing that popped into my head well you know he's actually from a galaxy far far away so technically the character isn't hispanic the uh you know the 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 actor obviously is um and, and so like you know from from our perspective as uh, you know fans and observers you know that there's not really much of a difference there cuz you know can't really you know can't really say Poe Dameron's a role model but you can say Oscar Isaac is you know? um but uh um, you're watching Ex Machina and then you're like oh boy no no <laughs> <laughs> that that's very true. Although one hell of a dancer, one hell of a dancer. Well, and, you know, again, it, 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 to the point. Like, let's we'll bring in um, uh, uh, go over to Star Trek for a moment, mm -hmm. where uh, with Discovery, where it's like like many of those Klingon characters are like you know those those are black actors who are playing the Klingons, <clears throat> and the coloration of their skin. <clears throat> You know, it was like a sort of a strange subtext going on there. Is yeah. I guess what a lot of folks were saying. I'm not saying. Uh, I'm I'm not trying. Eh, maybe I'm kind of implying it, and I don't mean to. I'm not saying that there is some sort of stereotyping going on with the Klingons, or that um, you know that the Star Trek folks are are you know have some sort of you know like casting black people as bad. You know, that's certainly not the case. <laughs> well, if um, yeah, I, I can uh, I can really blow your mind because uh, Call the uh, the main bad guy uh, is actually he's actually white, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> so based on that, like I uh, you know, unless you look at the IMDb pages, I, I'm not sure anybody could really you know like pick out what uh, what any ethnicity you know, like the actual actor is, but you're right that it, in sort of the way they're, they're being portrayed, no matter what the actor is, you know, the, the way the characters are portrayed, you're right. And then you flip it too, where, um, 
we, we talk about diversity in casting. And I remember with um, Star Trek Beyond, a lot of uh, talk was given to Idris Elba being cast in this. It's like, oh, wow, look, we have a black man. He's being cast in a, in a Star Trek movie. This is going to be great. Um, <clears throat> thing is, he spends most of the, mo- the movie in prosthetics and makeup. So you don't even right. know who he is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that was that was one thing that, um, I, you know, I, I found a little little weird because, I mean, first of all, from a practical perspective, you've got uh, a guy who's a pretty, uh, pretty bankable actor that just about everybody likes. And you put him in a, it, you know, you make him completely unrecognizable. And, uh, you know, like it seemed like that was a plot point we didn't really need. <laughs> Uh, you know, it seems like they, they could have come up with a with another way of doing that. But, uh, you know, the, the thing about, um, you know, Poe Dameron's journey in, in The Last Jedi that I just didn't get. And it, it is probably the, you know, the the thing that really bothers me in, the, in that story is, you know, this is taking place immediately after... Um, after the Force Awakens, I mean, literally, like the the opening scene has got to be like minutes later. Yep. And in the first movie, he's the hotshot pilot that you know Leia sends on like the first leg of the mission to find Luke, right? So he's he's you know the best pilot in the Resistance, and and he's somebody that that Leia really trusts. And it seems like in the in the Last Jedi. You know, even though it's it's minutes later, potentially, but but, you know, even if it's a day or two later, um, it, it almost feels like he's the newbie that, you know, is is, you know, suddenly acting like he he knows everything and is running the place. And that just that really bothered me about it because it was. You know, I, 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 you know, if you if you looked at it without having seen him in the force awakens you know yeah it's a, it's an interesting journey for him but actually having seen the force awakens and seeing you know sort of the difference in the way the the character is treated by the people around him that that just didn't it so, something didn't sit right about that with me no i agree and then to me i mean one of the the issues i have with the last jedi is that it seems like this um the force awakens set up the plot a certain way which the last jedi subverted i guess that's fine um but then it also subverts the characters too just for the sake of saying well you think that poe dameron's han solo guess what he's not han solo because where han solo took risks and those risks paid off poe dameron takes risks and he gets people killed you know so you know to me uh, I'm one of the, you know I have lots of different issues. I'm, I'm gonna be it's gonna I'm gonna be you know the, the, it's funny this whole thing about the last Jedi especially it's almost become like arguing religion. Um, you know <laughs> everyone's interpreting things their way and you know and then people get very passionate about it and like oh well this is the way it, I I saw it and, you know. I was like, I felt like I was back in Bible school and we were arguing passages. And but in this case, instead of Luke and Peter, we're talking about um, Yoda and and Obi Wan. So, um, 
it's it there there are those problems that are exacerbated by the fact that last jedi takes place almost immediately after the force awakens it would have been different to me if it had taken place like say a few years later or you know sometime to account for why these characters are suddenly different from the way we knew them you know from the way they've been set up you know, oh, this whole time I thought uh, Poe Dameron was the greatest thing since sliced bread. No, in reality, he's a fuck up. You know, <laughs> you know, he he's this great pilot, but he he can't handle his leadership, right? Oh, but wait, in the last movie he was a great leader. In this movie, not so great. Um, in the last movie, you know, people will, you know, again, his his people will follow him to the gates of doom, and in, in this movie, you know, they do follow him to their doom. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. And again, and then we start that there are a lot of think pieces out there talking about how, you know, the last Jedi is very feminist, which I have no problem with. But that, you know, the issues like Poe Dameron is a, a symbol of toxic masculinity because, you know, <clears throat> men don't like taking orders from women. That's something that I've never seem to have a problem with in The Force Awakens. You know, the fact that he is so. Um, so, uh, uh, um, um, you know, just so intolerant of being told, you know, to, to his orders and not listening. They're going, wow, you, the, I liked the guy in the first movie. This guy I don't like so much. This guy is kind of a dick, you know. So <clears throat> back to my original point, it's the Hispanic guy. <laughs> I know there are usually there are no Hispanics in Star Wars, but Poe Dameron was supposed to represent, you know, <clears throat> the little Chicano boys who thought they could fly X-Wings because it's not just white bread Luke and, you know, and, and, and you know, suburban dad Han. Oh. You know, come to think of it, now that you mention it, I, I think all the uh, all the pilots in the original, uh, you know, the, the original trilogy, like all the at least all the rebellion pilots, all the X-wing pilots, they were all pasty white dudes. With the exception of the Korean, the Asian dude who, who flies a Y wing and gets blown up. And the one black guy. And, and by, an by the way, he's the guy who, uh, of course, there's gotta be someone in every movie that says there's too many of them. There's too many. Of them, right, right before he gets blown up. Right, and there was one black X-wing fighter pilot who got killed, who also got blown up. And then there's, <clears throat> there was one female X-Wing fighter pilot in Return of the Jedi. She ended up on the cutting room floor. Of course she did. So, I mean, to me, you know, again, um, uh, but that was my thing. That was my take on the whole Poe Dameron thing. I was miffed by it. You know, again, like being in Bible class, I could be reading too much into something. I was probably reading too much into it. People, a lot of folks enjoy it, and the movie uh, made over a billion dollars. So you know, no, no, uh, <clears throat> no harm done there. You know, Disney's happy. They've already made the four billion back that they spent on Lucasfilm in just movies. You know, movie ticket sales, not even counting merchandising and all the ancillaries that come that came with having those properties. Yeah, and, and you know, there's uh, I've seen a couple headlines this week that uh, they're. They're worried that the Han Solo movie is going to be a flop. Uh, it's going to be a flop that's going to make enough money to, you know, at least break even. <laughs> right. 
yeah. yeah you the, know, the there, there were a lot of there were a lot of uh, problems with the production of the solo movie. So if it is a flop, it's not like they're going to say, "Oh, you know, I guess we shouldn't make Star Wars movies anymore." They're going to be like, "Well, you know, we had the wrong directors at the beginning. There were script problems. Blah blah blah. You know, that's why it was a flop." No, I'm, I'm, at, I'm of the. I know I was beating the drum. Why aren't they releasing Star Wars movies in May? No, now I'm like, why don't they? Why not push Han Solo back to Christmas? You know, make every Star Wars movie, you know, a Christmas film. Because I'll be honest, I'm starting to get burned out on these Star Wars movies. You know, having two Star Wars films so close together. Hmm. Not sure. I, are we close enough that they couldn't do that? You know, we've got, what, five months? Yeah, I mean, they, they want to release it in May, although it's funny, too. It's I, I think, have... you know, at this point, it's mm. probably in, uh, you know, a, a matter of uh, after so many problems, you know, pushing it back just as, you know, it, it would be it would be bad optics for them to push it back. That's, yeah. Yeah. But remember, that's what happened to the first that happened to The Force Awakens. Remember, they wanted to release it in May. And there were some issues, and they did push it back to to uh, December. I think Rogue One too, right? Uh, <clears throat> I think Rogue One was always going to be a Christmas movie because they wanted to hit those, you know, again hit the the holidays with with Star Wars. That's like the new tradition. Because I mean, Episode Nine is also going to be released on in December. Yeah. So it's not like they're moving them all up to May. <clears throat> And of course, you know, if you release it in December, then you release all the toys just in time for Christmas. Come on, Disney. It makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Although, you know, again, I'm wondering if, um, you know, uh, Chewbacca mom makes a cameo in Han Solo. That, that would be pushing it. Proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gabatron.